begin with. I'm going to do something different tonight. I had Chris put the scripture on PowerPoint for me. And so we're going to see if I can keep my train of thought and, uh, and I'll put it up there on the board for you. Um, but Hebrews chapter 12 tonight, before I get into the message, um, I do want to say continue to pray for all of our missionaries. I uh, heard yesterday that China was, was uh, imposing a bunch more restrictions uh, on their people. A lo- bunch of lockdowns were implemented in China. I don't know exactly where, um, but there is another strain, another variant. Um, and so uh, China is doing some lockdowns there. So let's be praying for all the Christians in China. Um, pray for my sister-in-law, Melissa Ricker. Corey said she is... Uh, flying out of Florida at 5.30, so in about 10 minutes. Um, she and um, their youngest, Olivia, are flying out of Pensacola, Florida, to Atlanta, to Lima, to Cusco. They'll be in Cusco, Lord willing, by 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. So they must have some decent layovers, probably in Lima. Um, but pray for them as they're traveling right now. Um, it's not a terrible trip, but... That turns pretty long overnight, and, and then just the two of them by themselves. So I know they'd appreciate your prayers this evening. Well, Hebrews chapter 12, 5 through 11, and uh, if you want to follow along here in the scripture, I'll, I'm just going to, I don't know how I'm going to do this here, uh, but we'll see how it goes. Cor- correction is what I titled the message tonight. I want to talk about um, chastisement what the Bible says about it. Um, parents, we are, I, I put down three agents of, of correction uh, that I believe we see in the Bible. Number one are parents. And uh, it's important that we as parents are uh, disciplinarians. <laughs> and we need to be strict and consistent about it. Uh, number two, another agent of correction is the government, whether we like it or not. God sets them up and takes them down. And then lastly, He is, God is, the ultimate uh, agent of correction. So I want to look at these three things tonight. But Hebrews chapter 5, or 12, 5 through 11 says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, now, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereover all, all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So, uh, I want to look at chastisement. We see in that passage both the chastisement of a parent... Uh, and I'm in, it's interesting what they say there. They do it for their own pleasure. Um, and then the chastisement of the Lord. But I want to look at this. Um, we, need to, uh, we need to consider this in our own life. Are we willing to listen to correction? And are we willing to give it? 
Both takes, both takes discipline. Uh, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll look in the scriptures tonight. Father, thank you for allowing us to be back together. Uh, Lord, thank you for your protection. And uh, Father, I ask that uh, right now that you'd speak to us, that uh, we would focus on your word, that we'd put the distractions aside. Lord, that uh, you, we would be attentive to what you are teaching us tonight. Apply it to our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So we see there the importance of discipline, and, and we see also that the Lord instituted it. He's, he is where we get our idea of discipline and how it should be done. And so with that in mind, this is kind of just a jumping off point, I want to look at these three who can chastise, and first of all, the parents. The parents. Go with me to Proverbs 19.18. Um, Proverbs 19.18 says, He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. That is Proverbs 19.8. Proverbs 19.18. Let me go there real quickly. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. <laughs> I, I wanted to start this with parents. Listen, we are to chasten our children while there is hope. We have quite a few young people in this church, little bitty kids. Not all of them are Rickers. <laughs> and I praise the Lord for that. But this is what it's talking about. It's at this age now. There is hope. You know, when, when they get up into their late teens, there's no hope anymore. Right? If it's not done... It's, it's too late. We, we're told by psychologists that their, that their personality is set by the time that they're three. And I don't doubt that that's right. But there is hope when they are, when they, when they are children in our home, there is hope that we can teach them right. I, I think about what Mr. Martin said a lot. And it sounds right off the bat to me kind of outrageous, a little bit ridiculous. But I agree with it. The more I think about it, the more I am a father. He said... He said that uh, he told his five children, you'll serve the Lord or I will kill you. Now, he wasn't going to kill them. But he had a, he had a thought in mind in that, in that, and it was what was driving that was, this is the only way to live. The only way to live. I'm not giving you other options. Because the Word of God says this, and this is what you are going to do. Now, he was successful as a parent. He has, he has grandchildren on the mission field. He has uh, sons and daughters on the mission field serving the Lord, been faithful through their lives. He was successful because he chastened while there was hope. He said, listen, this is what is going to happen. I praise the Lord for my parents. They were very consistent in their discipline. There were some rules that were never going to be broken in our house. My dad, was, my dad was, uh, was adamant about some things. And I just knew that I could push to that point. And then I was going to get in trouble. I thought I was too big at 13 to cry. He couldn't make me cry. He did. He spanked me and I cried. If you want to hear that whole story, I probably told most of you. Um, it was, it was uh, sufficient and it was just the judgment. But it was, while there was hope, he was caring for me. He loved me enough 
to say, this is not a line you will ever cross. And I praise the Lord for that. He raised three sons who we are all striving to serve the Lord. And I, I'm thankful for my parents. But, sh- but those of us who have young ones, we, we have this time right now that is so very important. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. See here. Uh-oh. There we go. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I think this is one of the key verses in the Bible on, on discipline. Because it is very easy to be an authoritarian. It is very easy to say, you will do this because I'm your dad. Because I weigh 195 pounds and you weigh 40. All right, You're going to do what I tell you to do. We can get that attitude. We can, we can come at them that way. Because I am your dad, you're going to do what I said this says, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It means in love, and it means in cr- that correction is to be in a direction. It's not just discipline because of wrongdoing. It's discipline because we're going to form your life in this one way. And, and we want you to do what is right. I'm going to bring you up, Lord willing, in the nurture, in the love, in the care, and in the correction of the Lord. I hope our desire, our every desire for our children is that they serve the Lord. I do not care if my children are ever wealthy, successful in this life. Matter of fact, I kind of hope that's not what they ever look at. I want to see godly young men and young women. I tell them all the time, your job in life is to grow up to serve the Lord. Don't be looking for a husband. Don't be looking for a wife. You don't need that until God says you do. And then that'll be perfect, and it'll be set, and it'll be right. Your goal is to serve the Lord. So we're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It is that they know that God loves them. They need to see His love in, our, in us. It's also consistent. And Proverbs has quite a bit to say about disciplining our children. He that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him be times. Be times over and over and over and over. Sometimes it feels like it's never going to end. Why do I keep spanking this child for the same thing? Are they ever going to learn? Consistency. If I love them, I chasten them when they need it. Proverbs 22.15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs 23.13, Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. These are very politically incorrect verses. (laughs) Now, understand, God is not saying abuse your child. I don't think anybody here reads it that way. I hope not. We know what the Lord is, is talking about. When we are told to discipline our child, it is proper discipline. It is appropriate discipline. It is applied to the backside. It is with, with love in our hearts, not because we're going to beat them into submission. Child abuse is, is awful in every form. But if you love your child, you will discipline them. And the Bible says the rod of correction drives the foolishness out of them. 
Begging a child to do right will not get them there. Telling them, listen, this is what I want you to do, and, and saying please and these things is not sufficient. The foolishness is bound there, the Bible says. It is, it is strong in the heart of a child. Stubbornness is strong in the heart of a child. Lana was 18 months old. 18 months old, I'll tell on her. I'm proud of her fighting spirit. She got this idea that if she was going to, if she didn't want to eat anything else, she wouldn't swallow the last bite that she put in her mouth. If I don't swallow this bite, I don't have to take another one. We had dinner at 6 o'clock one night. She sat with a bite of chicken. This is disgusting. Absolutely, absolutely vile when you think about it. She sat with a bite of chicken in her mouth till 11.30 that night. I sat at the table and I disciplined her and she would cry a little bit and she would sit there. Now, I don't know how many times she got spanked that night. But she would not swallow that bite of chicken. Finally, at 11.30 at night, she's falling asleep at the table, and I probably was too, and Elizabeth and I decided we have to put her in bed, and so we didn't want to put her in bed with a bite of chicken in her mouth and choke on it, so I said, now give me the piece of chicken. And she says, mm, because we'd told her that she got a spanking if she spit her food out. So she sat there, and I'm at my wit's end, you know. And uh, so I took my finger and I stuck it in her mouth. And as I get a hold of that chicken, she goes, just crunched down on my finger. Now, a kid 18 months old has little razor blades for, for teeth. It hurt. I tell you what, what a night. That foolishness was bound in her heart. The stubbornness was there. She was going to have her way. And the Bible says... In those situations, as a parent, we are to discipline. In love, in admonition, and in love, we are to do what is right for them, to tell them and teach them that they are doing wrong and there are consequences for that wrongdoing. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. If I do not, if I do not properly discipline them, it says they will bring their mother to shame. I, I tell my children all the time, you know what? When you obey, it brings your parents joy. When you disobey, it is a shame to your mother. Now, I don't want to just guilt them into doing right, but I want them to know their actions have consequences. We are to be consistent. And, and it is a daily struggle. Don't get me wrong. Every one of us will fight with consistency because it takes effort to always discipline when it's necessary. I don't want to get up and walk upstairs and correct the twins for getting out of bed again. It's another, another walk up the stairs. You know what? It's got to be consistent, and we need to know that doing so is loving them. Parents, we are to be disciplining in love consistently. Children, you are to obey your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3 Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I want them to obey 
in the Lord. I want them to be honoring God in their obedience to, to me. And if we can get that imparted to our children, they're not going to be bitter at our rules. They're not going to be angry at our discipline. It will not be fun. As you read in Hebrews, it's grievous at the time. But can they see that they're obeying God when they obey their parents? Obey your parents, no matter what. Unless they're saying, do something against the Word of God, obey your parents. Proverbs 13, 30, 17, The eye that mocketh at his father, and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Sounds pretty violent. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. Um, that is two verses off. See, Proverbs chapter 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Bible is plain in what it says. It's plain in how it teaches. You know, there's a variable in that verse, and it's the parents. I am to train them up. I have a responsibility. Elizabeth and I, as parents, have a responsibility to our children. When I do so, and I am not perfect, and so it is by, only by the power of God, only through His direction, that I can train up a child. But the Bible says you won't depart. Let's claim that promise as parents and trust the Lord and walk in His strength. Parents, we are to discipline. Children, when we discipline, it is because we love you and you need to obey. You need to obey. And uh, You know what? I still listen to my parents. I want to always listen to them. Appreciate their advice. I don't have to obey them anymore. Now I kind of want to in most things. <laughs> Sometimes my dad has some crazy ideas. We talk about it. But I honor my parents. I love them. I'm so thankful for their consistent walk with the Lord. And we can do that throughout all of our lives. Secondly is the government is our agent of discipline. And, and uh, this is one that is difficult, especially in times like now. Uh, but go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. 1 through 5. Verse 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Now this is an interesting passage to me. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there are no powers but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. You might ask, how can that be when the powers are what they are? Well, the Bible says that God setteth up kings and taketh down kings. He turneth the kingdom whithersoever he will. There's a reason 
for the government that we have right now. There's a reason for the government in other countries right now. God has allowed it to happen. And until that government comes and tells me to reject my God, I am to submit to them. I've heard of Christians around the nation saying, I'm not paying income tax anymore. It's not just. Well, you might have a constitutional argument there. You do not have a scriptural argument. The government that is says to do this, and it's not compromising my walk with God, then I am to do that. The, uh, the um, Obamacare mandate, I don't remember what the real name of that is, but when that was implemented, the first couple years, I would not comply. No, the government is not telling me how to live my life. I'm not going to do that. They don't have the right. I have, I have the constitutional right to, to take care of my family however I see fit. Well, not according to the Supreme Court and not according to the federal government. And a couple years into that, I got to thinking about it. And the Bible says to be subject unto the higher powers and, and to obey our government as long as I'm not compromising what the Bible says. And I surrendered that to the Lord. Now, I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm just giving you my testimony. In my own heart, I knew that I was rebelling against the government. And I stopped and I said, Lord, I will, I will pay for insurance if that is your desire for me and if you'll provide the, inf- the money to pay the insurance. I didn't want to go on the government program. Didn't feel that was right for me to do, but I followed the Lord and He allowed us to get onto an insurance and, and he provided for it. Now the church does, and I'm so thankful for that. God provides through the church. At that time, he provided just because he was giving us the money for it. Um, no difference, but I was, I was just thankful for what God did for us. I saw the government, and they set up as an, uh, as an authority over us. Had they come and penalized me on my taxes for not having insurance which they said they were going to do, I would have had to submit. I hate it. I don't agree with it. But it is the government. It is what God has allowed us to be under at this time. Can I submit myself to God and submit to some laws that I think are wrong? What, what happens when the government comes and takes our weapons? I, I believe it's going to happen. I, I, do, I do see it in the near future where our Second Amendment rights will be stripped from us. They, they desire that. It's, it's what our president is looking to do. I, I, wear a, I wear a handgun, not only for protection, but because I want to stand up for our Second Amendment rights. I, I want to I let it know, be known that I believe that is right for a nation to have that right. But if the government says no, what am I to do? What am I to do? God allowed it to happen. And so I... I, Lord willing, will submit to the government. Now, (laughs) that's a hard one. It's a difficult one. But what do we do? If it's not compromising the Word of God, God set up the authority. He sets them up. He takes them down. They are an agent of discipline. They are an agent of chastisement in our lives. God allows it. Finally, He is the ultimate one. And where we started in Hebrews chapter 5, we're gonna, or Hebrews chapter 12, go on a little and read that again. 
verse 5 says, And ye have forgotten the expectation which speaketh unto you as children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor rebuke when thou art, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God deal with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all, and that all is the believers, those, are, those that are his, whereof all are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. The Bible says if God does not discipline us, we're not his. I, I, I'm thankful that he gives us all of these different signs to know that we are his. If, this, if his spirit deals with my spirit, then I'm his. If I love the brethren, then that's an indication that the love of God is in my heart. If I have no love for the, for the fellow Christians, then there's no love of God in my heart. The Bible says the love of God's not there. If I don't obey his commandments, I'm not his. If I'm not willing to surrender to him, I'm not his. If the life has never changed, I'm not his. If he does not discipline when I sin, if there's no, if there's no chastisement, and I'm not saying it's going to be a physical uh, beating or, a, or an illness or a great loss, but if the Holy Spirit does not convict you of your sin, then you are not his. If there's no chastisement... We're not saved. It's, it's very plain uh, in the Scriptures, as, as plain as it can be. I'm not, I, I don't want to cast doubt on anyone's salvation, but I love that the Lord gives us these things for our own assurance. When Satan comes along and wants, to question, wants us to question our salvation, and he will do it. He will do it. Wednesday night, I, I told the young, younger adults in Sunday school this, and if you, if you can find it at, on Mount Zion Baptist Church out of St. Clair, Missouri, the Wednesday night message that Pastor Weiss preached on 1 John chapter 2 was about knowing the Lord and having assurance of your salvation. And, and just that leading of, in his life gives us assurance, and that if that's not there then we're lost. And it's a great message. I challenge you to, to look it up and listen to it. But I'm thankful that he, he speaks to us so we know. I'm thankful that He loves me enough to correct me when I sin. So, do you know His correction? Have you seen it? Have you felt it? You know what? Wise men will seek it. And, and uh, 9 through 12, where we read also this morning... Furthermore, we have, or this evening, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence, showing up rather, much rather, be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live. For they verily for a few days chastened us after our own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. You know, go back to that verse, that we might be partakers of his holiness. You know, if I want to be holy, if I desire to be like Christ, the wise person seeks the punishment, the correction, the admonition. I'm not out here trying to be punished. But I want the Lord to correct me when I've done wrong. So that I learn from that correction and I become more like Him. My life is, is purified and becomes more holy each and every day. I desire to be like Him. No chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. 
Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Don't be discouraged. Understand that God's discipline in our life is that we become more and more righteous. That I become more like Him. It is because He loves me. He is, he is bringing me more into His image, to more towards holiness. The purity is, is, He is purifying my life. The silver and gold is refined by fire. He's refining us. He's changing us. And we, we need to be keeping that in mind and thankful for it. Proverbs chapter 15, 31 and 32. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The wise man seeks it, not looking for punishment, but I am thankful and I want to hear when God corrects me and I want to listen and, and obey. Not be, not be angry when I'm told. It's a, it's a, it's a blessing as a pastor to, to deal with people. And I've, I've been very blessed that, that in my time as a pastor, I've, I've rarely had to really confront sin. But I can say that 90% of the time that I've had to do it, the person that I, that I talked to was receptive and immediately went about to correct those things in their life. They saw from the Word of God what was going on in their life and they sought to, to correct it. They had a right attitude. They had a love for the Lord enough to say, you know what, I'm wrong, I see what, you're, what the Bible says, and I want to obey the Lord. That shows wisdom. It shows maturity. It shows, it shows a change in a heart because our flesh does not like that. Our flesh does not want to be corrected. Don't tell me I'm wrong. You don't tell me how, how I've failed. Because if you do, I'm going to come back and tell you how you fail. I, I know your flaws too. That, that's how we act. But the wise man, the Bible says, listens to counsel. He, he desires to have it. Teach me so that I can become more like the Lord. One more verse, chapter 17 of Proverbs, verse 10 says, A reproof enters more, entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. The fool, the Bible says, returns to his vomit. He can be corrected over and over and over and still just go back and do the same thing. The wise man, that one reproof, enters more into the wise man than a hundred corrections for the fool. I want to be that wise man. I hope that's you too. I, I, I hope we can take the Word of God and just at face value say, Lord, teach me, and the things that you teach me, I will change about my life. By your Spirit, I'm going to follow your correction. The Bible says that is the wise man. That correction will enter into your heart. We don't blow it off. We don't, we don't act like we're too good we humble ourselves to the Word of God. Parents, we have great responsibility and, and great privilege of raising our children to serve the Lord. Be consistent in discipline. And don't let the world ever convince us to change our ways. <laughs> Not abusing our children. We're showing them we love them. Capital punishment, if you want to put it that way, is necessary to raise them the right way. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Love the Lord and obey and honor your parents, and God will bless you for that. 
We have to listen to our government. As much as we don't like it sometimes, we can submit ourselves to God by obeying the authority that He puts over us. And then listen when the Lord corrects. We know that we are His when He corrects us. We can be thankful for that. And we know that He loves us and is shaping us more in His image. Chastisement is not a fun thing, but it is a necessary thing in life. And I praise the Lord for it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us tonight. Father, I, I am grateful that you, that you care enough to correct us. Father, if you did not, you would allow us to do whatever we wanted. Lord, it is, it is an evidence of your love for us, that you know what is right and you steer us in that, that direction. Lord, I ask that each one of us would be wise, that we would, that we would seek your instruction and always follow it. Lord, that there would not be a heart of rebellion or stubbornness, but of submission and obedience in each one of us. Lord, for your honor and for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. You are.